Hello and welcome to episode three of Grow, Cook, Inspire. I'm Helen Cross and this is a podcast which aims to encourage more of us to grow, garden and cook, whether you're five or 85, and recognising that planting the seed early on for a love of food is so important. In today's episode, we speak with Susie Miller, the Managing Director of award-winning Scottish Bee Company. Otto and I will also be sharing a recipe with you for chocolate spiced biscuits in the hope that perhaps someone from Border Biscuits is listening, as rumour has it they are still on the hunt for a new taste tester. But first, I don't know about you, but I really don't cope very well with the shorter days and longer nights. And that change, coupled with further lockdown restrictions that we find ourselves under, as well as many other parts of the UK, and as we creep ever so closer to the real proper depths of winter, I have thrown caution to the wind and I have just been sowing more and more early sweet pea seeds and more and more tulips, alliums and daffodils. A little bit of mindfulness gardening, i.e. sowing and planting, works wonders for stress, anxiety and it's a pretty good distraction. My other top tips for things to do this week in the garden and especially a good one to do with children, is to make your own bird feeders. Um, So there's lots of DIY options out there, um, but the one that I love to do year in, year out, is to get a big orange, half it, and you want to scoop out the insides, and using a sharp needle or a knife is to pierce two little holes on either side for you to be able to pull uh, some string through the holes and tie up onto a tree. And inside the orange, you want to put a mixture of peanut butter with sunflower seeds and um, pumpkin seeds or any sort of bird seed mixture. Mix that into the peanut butter and put it in the middle of the orange. And it will work wonders and attract a lot of birds over the winter months into your garden. And while you are taking stock of things outside and... You might not think it's time really for growing, but actually have a look at your own garden and your own local community and find out if you've got some space to plant a fruit tree. This is the best time to plant a tree really between now and March. Now, obviously, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, as the saying goes, but the next best time is now. So what are you waiting for? Please, please plant a tree this year. There's a few good places for you to have a look at. The Woodland Trust, the Tree Council and also the Scottish uh, Fruit Tree um, Company which is based in Glasgow's West End and also the Lost Acorns Charity in Glasgow is also a really really good place to check out how you can get a hold of trees and everyone has a responsibility to create a greener landscape. Plus if you do plant a fruit tree in the fullness of time you'll be rewarded with a bountiful supply of fruit so it's a win-win situation. Now tomorrow is stir up Sunday the day of the year when we make our Christmas cake and each person in the household gets to give the mixture a good mix and make a wish. It's a tradition I love so tomorrow Make a point of stirring up your Christmas cake and be sure to give it a good feed between now and Christmas. You will not be disappointed. And when I say feed, I mean a good gluggle of brandy. 
or whiskey, whatever is your tipple. But if fruitcake is not your thing, then why not try our recipe for chocolate spice biscuits? But please remember to add the 150 grams of chocolate chunks, which I forgot to mention when we recorded this segment in the Tet's kitchen earlier this week. Enjoy. We're back in the kitchen with Otto and myself, and we're also joined by Baby Ivor. Hi, Baby Ivor. Today, what are we making, Otto? Chocolate spice biscuits. That's right. They're full of cinnamon, cloves, and ginger, and they taste like Christmas. They do. They taste like Christmas. Christmas spice. Christmas spice. I agree, Ivor. Now, why are we making these, Otto? Who is on the lookout for a taste tester for their biscuits? I remember. Uh, border biscuits. Yes. yes. Border biscuits. And I love tasting biscuits because this is how you be a taste taster. Having good taste buds, love to cook, and yeah, love to taste new things. Oh, so I think, Otto, you would be a pretty good candidate for the role of taste tester at Border Biscuits. Cool. So our recipe today is combining 140 grams of butter with 120 grams of caster sugar. Now, instead of using my muscles, we've used the electric mixer because it's got much better muscles than I have. And into that, we've added 240 grams of self-raising flour, two teaspoons of cocoa, along with two teaspoons of cinnamon, two teaspoons of ginger, and 10 cloves all mashed up. We blended that all into the mix, and we've also added in one egg. Now, we've got the mixture, and we've divided it up, and now we need to roll it into balls. So Otto, if you can keep rolling as you're doing. Now, you'll probably need a few baking trays, and make sure while you're rolling, the dough into little balls. They are all the same size and there's a good space between each of them. And while you're doing that, preheat the oven to about 180 degrees. And you wanna cook these for about 12 to 15 minutes. Don't overcook them. What happens if you overcook them, Otto? They burn. They burn. And did mummy burn them last night? Yes, he did. Yeah, I did. And I said, you burn. I did, I burnt them, but hopefully this time these ones won't burn. And these would also make for a really yummy Christmas hamper gift. No, as well. no, no, okay. no, no. Thank you, Ivor. Ivor agrees. Just, okay. Just, that one just fall apart. Okay, we're gonna pop these in the oven and then we'll come no, back later on and no, give you our verdict. No, no. And now we'll head over to my great chat with Susie Miller, Managing Director of the Scottish Bee Company and Honey Sommelier. And if you're looking for some honey related gifts in the run up to Christmas, Susie has very kindly given our listeners a special discount code. So use GROWCOOK15 at the checkout.
Hello, Susie. Hi there. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Not too good, bad. Good, good. Thank you for joining us for episode three. Um, it's really good to have you on the show. Now, I've just been telling everybody that um, as the managing director of the Scottish Bee Company, you guys to date have been responsible since 2017 for introducing 8 million bees into Scotland. Well, interestingly, 8 million is what the, the number says currently because we have a yep. good algorithm on the website. But technically, yes. I think it's around about 23 to 28 million at the height of summer. Wow. Um, but of course, obviously, the bees um, just diminish. Um, it's a natural thing that happens uh-huh. uh, over, the, uh, over the winter period. And then they build back up to produce yep. honey in the summertime. So, yeah, yes. it's more than that. <laughs> that is a lot of bees. So tell us, how did you and Ian, your husband come about to set up the Scottish Bee Company? So basically back in 2016, we just had this idea that we really wanted to do something that would be beneficial for the environment. And then Uh we started looking much more into business business structures that would be kind of along the lines of a a bee corporation, which is a benefit corporation. And what they do is you're supposed to be socially and environmentally responsible, plus still turning a profit. So you're not a charity, but you're a profit-making company. Um, But you've got responsibility responsibilities and we really loved that idea of that structure mm-hmm. and then we started reading a lot more about heather honey and how it was quite similar to manuka and we realized nobody even knew this um, okay. and so then we kept when we kept looking to environmental things everything just kept coming back to bees and how bees are just so essential to the planet um, and um, and then all those sort of ideas collided into the Scottish Bee Company. Um, it arrived. And it, yeah, <laughs> it appeared. So what was your background before well, developing I, an interest in honey and bees? Yeah, so I was a, I, well, I did a law degree and then I changed and I became a chiropractor for eight years. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And then so I had a, a general interest in health and nutrition and um and how to look after yourself and your body and then what comes with that when you're a chiropractor I think is that kind of idea of well okay well if I'm going to look after my body then I need to look after the planet in order to be able to look after my body um so I wasn't too far adrift from from where we ended up I can see how that all links (laughs) in absolutely now you talk there obviously lots of people know about manuka honey Mm. um what are the similarities then between your honey and the manuka honey so um Kaluna or Heather and Mm -hmm. the Manuka plant, um, Manuka, um, yeah, and Manuka are basically they're very similar plants and they grow okay. in sort of similar conditions and as such they produce a honey that is um thixotropic so um basically it's really difficult to get out of the hive it's very thick um and so the similarities are um what it looks like how it tastes they do taste quite similar um okay. and they're just really really dense and nutritious as a result mm-hmm. of that um so they've both got anti-inflammatory um, antibacterial antiviral but then a lot of honey does it's just yeah. that these particular types of honey tend to have a much more potent effect okay, um, okay although i have to say to this date we've not been able to show that it's exactly that they're not exactly the same but you wouldn't expect them to be exactly the same anyway no but what we no, have totally. shown with heather honey is that it's got a much it's got a unique property where so manuka's got its own unique factor we have our, yeah. our own unique factor within heather and that's that it has um, 10 times the amount of manganese which is an essential nutrient um, than all other types of honey including manuka 
so it's, so it's different we should be eating spoonfuls of it yeah that's it it's, it's unique in <laughs> its own bottom line <laughs> <laughs> so you've got about 500 hives is that correct across scotland yeah we do uh we do okay yeah and we work in different and- ways yeah so who who are you obviously you are a business who's who's looking after and managing the the beehives so for you well what we did in the beginning was we um bought a whole bunch of hives and we gave them to four different bee farmers across scotland to manage okay and then um what then happens is uh, what then happened was we we took on an apprentice so she started working with one of the bee farmers and then okay. now that we're expanding a bit, a little bit more, we're starting to work with people who maybe already have beehives um, okay. that want to sell to us. So we're always open to new people approaching us who potentially have honey to sell. Um, okay. And we're kind of working in a, almost like a cooperative fashion, I guess, whereby okay. we pay fair market rate for, for the honey, um, uh, but it can come from all over Scotland. Sure. So what, what's your five-year plan then? Because it seems that you, you are growing since the beginning because even what you're selling is is growing. Mm. Not only is it just honey, but you've also got um, cordial shrubs yeah. and vinegar as well. So wh- what is the five-year long-term plan? So, well, um, if you'd have asked me that nine months ago, I would have said a totally <laughs> different answer to just now. But COVID has, has definitely changed the direction that we're going in. Uh, so okay. in terms of retail, obviously, retail is starting to move so much more online um uh-huh. so building up our online presence um building up our uk getting into different retailers within the uk and then expanding into the export market so we're already selling to japan and singapore but we're looking for other places to sell into as well um wow. so that's kind of the, the sort of long-term plan the other plan really the main aim of the business is to try to increase the number of pollinators that there are so not just bees but pollinators across uh, scotland and the wider uk and mm-hmm. we're trying to do that by building up our ch- sister charity repollinate so basically from every jar that you buy 10p will be donated to repollinate and it's basically there to try to increase the number of pollinators that there are by building wildflower spaces and that sort of stuff so trying to trying to make more that more of a focus as well over the course of five years oh. You just brought me back to my, my next oh. point, which was about the charity yeah. repollinate that, that you've started. So um, how can more people get involved in the charity to create more wildflower spaces? Well, what we're trying to do with the charity is to link up with maybe um, community groups, um, sure. people that have space outside. So we were before lockdown happened, we were starting to work with restaurants and bars, but that's changed a little bit. Okay. Um, but uh-huh. that sort of idea where you've maybe got some outdoor space but you don't know what to do with it. It's generally just dead space, commercial units with um, space outside there. And we can come along and we can build, we can turn it into a conservation area for for pollinators. Um, so would that work for schools then as well? If schools had yeah. quite a lot of green space around, but not much going on. And obviously that ties into the um, curricular for excellence as Absolutely. well. So is that something that you would sort of encourage? Yeah, I think uh, schools, because another part of the charity is about education. So actually working with okay. schools is great um, or any other community groups where, that can, that where we can provide education to that group on, on how wildflower spaces are beneficial. Because the other thing is, you know, we're so used to seeing grass being cut and we're so used to seeing verges being cut. But actually, if you just let them grow free, they provide such a massive habitat for for a whole bunch of of different types of animals. 
And it saves work exactly. as well. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. No, so we are big fans of letting our uh, grass cut, uh, grass grow. And actually during lockdown, it was just fascinating to see the clover and the buttercups grow. And my boys just love, they're fascinated with bees. And it's just, it's amazing. They're just such amazing creatures. Um, so for people who are fortunate enough to have their own gardens mm-hmm. as well, obviously this is more of a dormant season. We're in autumn heading into mm-hmm. winter. Uh, but looking ahead to spring, what would be your sort of top pollinators to start thinking about for sowing in springtime for summer for the height of sort of bee season? Uh, well, you can actually make it dead simple and you can just go to, there's loads of websites that will do a bee and butterfly mix for you. Um, sure. So, and then you can just order those and scatter them wherever you want and they'll grow or like we've just said just let your grass grow and things will pop yeah. up you just wouldn't even know we're there um, I know and I think there definitely is more of an appetite for rewilding yeah. that definitely has gained momentum um, over the last 18 months and especially during lockdown I get that sense anyway yeah. uh, from speaking with and people. the other thing is with the wildflower seeds is that you you know you don't have to you don't have to wait until sort of March, April time. You can actually start to sow them towards the end of February um, and you can okay. just scatter them and just see what happens. Other ones are a wee bit better. You can get plugs um, that have already been brought on um, if you want to be a bit more specific about where you're placing things. Um, but again, okay. like there's loads of websites that will you just do a Google search and there's loads of ones that will pop up um, that you can do. And there's also some ones in Scotland that are really specific to Scotland as well um so yeah yeah cool now obviously there's been lots of highs you've obviously grown the business very successfully you're increasing the number of um of bees uh, into the scotland mm-hmm. population obviously you couldn't furlough bees no. <laughs> during lockdown um what were the challenges during the sort of last six to eight months for you guys uh- and obviously beekeepers. Yeah, so, I mean, beekeepers, and there was a sort of two-week period where everybody got a bit panicked and thought, are we going to even be able to get to the bees? Oh, oh hello, hello, sorry. Am are I there? there, Susie? Hello? Oh, hello. Oh, I I'm lost here. You. Sorry. Are you back? Sorry. You're back. No, it's okay. Don't worry. I think it's oh, my apologies. <laughs> don't um, worry. No, don't worry. Uh, yeah. So um, there's a sort of two week window, a uh, two week period at the very beginning of lockdown where we really didn't know if the bee farmers were going to be able to get to the bees. Um, but then obviously they're, they're animals. So they, they had to be looked after. Oh. Hello. Have, I lost Have you, you lost again? me again? I've got a full signal. I'm so sorry. It's not you, it's me. Uh, don't worry, it's my computer. It's totally okay. fine. Keep, Keep talking. talking. <laughs> Keep talking. Okay. Um, yeah, so, uh, so at the beginning of lockdown, we didn't know if the bee farmers were going to be able to get to the bees. But then luckily sure. they were. So in terms of in terms of the bee livelihood, everything was fine. Uh, in ter- for the business, two, a couple of things. Firstly, we suddenly had to switch to online Zoom calls to try and coordinate everybody and keep everybody together. And that was quite difficult. Obviously, you've got the ups and downs and highs and lows of everyone else, how they're feeling at any particular time. So it was yeah. just trying to get everybody to... Um, make sure that they were still engaged and and that we were all sort of looking after each other. Um, And then obviously 70% of our retailers just dropped off a cliff. Yeah, that must have been quite frightening. Yeah, Yeah, you know, they just disappeared. Um, And so we really had to pivot and try and put a lot of effort into the e-commerce side of things. Uh Um, So, uh, yeah, it was quite scary, I would say, in the beginning period of time. 
you just didn't know which direction yep. it was going to go through um but yeah. it seems to have gone the right way which is great yeah no that's mm. great that's super and I think so many of us have had just had to think creatively yeah. and uh, go in directions that perhaps we would never have thought that we would have thought of no. doing I know lots of garden centers around where we live weren't even online mm-hmm. uh, they had no online presence and were never selling things and all of a sudden they had to start selling their compost online yeah. because there was such a demand and I think that's worked out for, for the good yeah as well, absolutely absolutely so what are if people who want to get into beekeeping and bee farming mm-hmm. what are your top tips and how easy is it? Well, so that's the one top tip I would give is it's not actually that easy. <laughs> so people okay. think that it's really easy, but it's not that easy. So and you do have to do a lot of learning. And, you yeah. know, within the amateur beekeeping world, people are so passionate. I just can't believe how passionate mm-hmm. they are. And they learn a lot and they really know what they're doing. The first port of call would be to contact the local beekeeping association. And within Scotland, anyway, you can contact the Scottish Beekeeping Association and they will tell you where, where your local one is. And most local ones will run beekeeping courses, which you absolutely have to do before you start to take on bees, Um, because Mm. they can be dangerous if if they're not well managed. Um, You know, we we always talk about them in in the best possible way, but if you don't look after them properly, it's not going to be good. Um, So so getting the right, right people to teach you, so local associations, and then making sure that you don't just find a hive in your garage and bring it back out again. <laughs> because, you know, like, I mean, some people have had hives, maybe they've been sitting there, didn't even know it was something, and then they bring them back out. And that seems to be uh, one area that they think might be spreading diseases at the moment, okay. uh, because the diseases can okay. lay dormant within the, within the hives. Um, okay. And uh, so that, that's one thing to just be careful of as well. Um, but yeah there's loads of opportunities to learn oh that's brilliant and what about obviously that's for adults how do we get more children involved and uh, perhaps even think about sort of beekeeping as a hobby and then as a sort of future career well that's a good one because I don't actually know the answer at the moment but I really like that idea maybe we should start (laughs) doing it with repollinate well (laughs) maybe even yeah maybe we could do it with a second secondary Mm. school sort of apprenticeship I know you've obviously got Katie who's your apprentice Uh, but yeah I know my my nephews they had they had beehives and uh, they were fascinated from such yeah. a young age about bees. And like I said before, our, our my kids love bees. So there's definitely an interest. Yeah. Um, and it's just about capturing their interest early on and keeping it going. And I think that's why gardening is such a good thing to get kids involved Absolutely. in from a young age. And it's one of the, the good things that have come out of 2020 is this sort of increased um, interest in gardening. Yeah, just reconnecting, um, isn't it, to nature and yeah. Yeah. Because people are outdoors yeah. more, and that's they're they're still outdoors because we still can't go to people's yeah, houses. Yeah, absolutely. So come rain or shine, we're out. Um, any fun facts, Susie, about bees? Uh, so the worker bees are female. Um, mm-hmm. They're not male, like everybody thinks. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <I see. laughs> uh, we can learn a yeah, lot. Absolutely. Um, what else? Oh, put me on the spot. <laughs> I put you on the spot. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did read that, um, and I quite like this one that the queen bee lays two hundred thousand eggs yes, a year. Yes, is that right? Yes, they're insane. That is a I lot know, of eggs. I know, and she, and that is all she does. <laughs> Yeah, That's all she does is just, <laughs> she makes, just babies. makes babies continuously. <laughs> I feel the same, to be honest. <laughs> Looking back at the last five years, <laughs> absolutely. 
<laughs> um, yeah, no, that's a good one. <laughs> no, but it's the women that are keeping the bee population yes. thriving. It's all thanks yes, to the absolutely. women. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, the world could take a lot from the bees. Uh, and cooking with honey. I, I'm a sucker just for butter, honey mm-hmm. on toast. But um, how can we use honey more in our sort of day-to-day cooking and our diet? Because obviously there are huge health yeah. benefits. So, I mean, one of the ways is to have it raw, obviously, because it's got its most nutritious benefit uh-huh. when it's like that. Um, so sh- putting it in a, in a smoothie, um, like you just said, popping it on your toast, popping it on your porridge, having a spoonful of it. But I really also like cooking with it in, uh, as a substitute for sugar. So making cakes with honey in them instead of sugar um, or refined sure. sugar anyway. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and that kind of stuff. Cool. Um, so that brings us to my next point. Otto and I have been mm, making biscuits in the test kitchen because Border Biscuits, that well-known brand are looking for a taste tester to oh, join the lovely. team. Uh, a pretty, a pretty cool job. Um, what would be your dream biscuit if you could create one, both to sell and obviously? Okay. To eat? Well, I am obsessed with chocolate, so it would have to have chocolate in it. Okay. <laughs> and can it have a filling? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Go, I, go to town. Okay. It's a blank so canvas. it would be some sort of chocolate chip, orange cream filled biscuit <laughs> i mean now it has to have a oh yeah well we can yeah the it, biscuit itself could actually have the hun- would have the honey in it rather than the sugar so that's where we would get that in there <laughs> oh, okay excellent right well thank you so much Susie, for You're so taking welcome the time thank to you for having today. me and um, for anyone who's looking for stocking fillers i can highly recommend some scottish bee honey because it really is it makes a really super gift and you also get some lovely wildflower seeds that you can plant uh, come next year thanks, thanks again, again take, care. take care bye 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 we're back in the test kitchen and the chocolate spice biscuits have come out now i should say that i've actually forgotten when i was going through the recipe with you that we forgot the key ingredient otto can you remember what the key ingredient was dark chocolate chocolate chunks so you also need to add in 150 grams of dark chocolate chunks at the same time as you add in the self-raising flour and the cocoa powder and mom accidentally forgot i forgot to tell you but we do have the chocolate in right otto do you want to give one of these biscuits you're gonna have two, okay. Oh, I like these so much. Okay, Otto. Give me your verdict. Whoa. Can you taste Christmas in the biscuits? Mm. What do they taste like? Christmas spice. Mm-hmm. What else? Snow. The taste of snow. Do you what? think border biscuits, um, would like these biscuits, Otto. Yeah, okay, think we should send them the recipe? Yeah, cool, okay. So Mark's out of 10, Otto? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. What, what, what number out of 10 are you gonna give them? 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, a thousand. A thousand out of 10? A thousand out of, a thousand, thousand, thousand. Excellent, there we have it.
listening to Grow, Cook, Inspire. A big thanks to Susie from the Scottish Bee Company and also to Ivor and Otto for joining me in the test kitchen. And a big thanks to you for taking the time to listen. Until next time, keep growing and cooking.